Thanks so much for jumping on and joining us for another week. We hope that uh, over the next 30 minutes or so that we can uh, bring you some laughs and just distract you from what's going on out there and hopefully not make you cry. You know, Aaron might, but we hope the rest of us won't. Uh, Brian's not joining us this week. He's doing some manly stuff, which is something I definitely struggle with. So uh, <laughs> without him here, we hope that the uh, the podcast can still reach that manly crowd. I, I tried to do um, some... I tried to do some manly stuff last week out in yeah. the yard. The dog That's was, right the dog was attempting to, um, she, Easy. No, Easy. hang on, hang on. The dog was, she was, she was under the porch trying to dig a hole and it wound up being like a two foot hole. So Did you get down there and help start digging it also like on all fours? <laughs> I'm a man. No, I came I, from all fours. I was, I, my, the attempt was to do something manly, like keep her out from underneath the porch. So after like two things of chicken wire and, and a bunch of wood, it looks nothing like what Brian would do. Brian would have it looking amazing. My, it looks like a Walking Dead. Um, uh, looks looks like it's a shelter from the Walking Dead out there in the backyard now. And I think she's still going under the porch. I think that's that's part of it. So anyway, that was my manly uh, quarantine Good. stuff I did this week. After, other Good. than that, I, I haven't done anything manly like Brian would. Uh, my, my manly task was I celebrated my birthday by going out and, uh, spraying the weeds in the front yard. <laughs> hey, so, uh, well, I the, could, I could just feel the, the hair on my chest grow. Yeah. Well, happy birthday. Cause we're recording this on Tim's birthday. Uh, happy birthday. And, Thank you. Yes. Exciting. And, and my birthday will be once this is recorded and produced next weekend. Mine's on the ninth. So, John, I got to tell you, quarantine birthdays ain't nothing like them. Oh, I tell ain't you, nothing Carl like is em. like, "What do you want for your birthday?" And I'm like, uh, "To go to Hobby Lobby. That would be nice. <laughs> that, would, that would be <laughs> that would be the top of it. Just being able to go somewhere that's not Walmart. Or oh, I did find out though today, just by accident, that um." That the uh, Dollar Trees are still open. Oh, yeah, essential. The, yeah, the Dollar Trees are still open. They still got plenty of that uh, off-brand Coke and what's this, like the white cans that say grape soda on them and things like that in there. So Good. if you might need some Good shopping stuff. for some um, almost expired tuna, that's where you need I, to I, go right I now. do have a quarantine question for you. I oh, know, yes, go ahead. I know two weeks ago we talked about uh, what's your favorite quarantine food to eat? I do have this question. Have you discovered any new uh, any new treat, any new food, any new snack that you weren't previously eating consistently that now that the quarantine has started, you have found well, something new? I have found a love for myself since I'm, I'm eating at home all the time <laughs> now is the love for the GFS uh, – frozen hamburger patty the, the the little like what we call elementary school patty yeah if you take one of them bad boys and you fry it because it only takes about two minutes to fry them because they're only about like a quarter they're not even an inch thick these things are little video things and then you grind it up and make like a almost like a sloppy joe out of it and a yum yum sauce 
and put it on a bun, you got something going there. You got something to talk about when you when you talk yeah. about that. So I uh, I Charlie on a podcast several several weeks ago that he could go to Kroger and like devour their chicken tenders or something like that. <laughs> yep, and the Shepherdsville Kroger has these little. They're not popcorn chicken. They're bigger than that. They're kind of like almost like chicken nuggets, but they're just like bite-sized chicken bites. And man, yep. I can like devour those for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like I can even like just pull them out of the fridge and eat a couple of them cold. Just throw them back. It's just, it's uh, I I truly sympathize with Charlie on this. They're just delectable treats i discovered though that i accidentally bought the wrong type of gfs chicken patty i thought it was the school patty and when i wound up being the um the spicy chicken patty and i thought ah, how could how bad could it be so carla cooked one the other night while she was cooking some stuff and i and i and i ate it and man that thing was hot so being that i don't have a gallbladder gallbladder or, yeah i knew gallbladder was coming i knew it <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Twin Herman secret word. <laughs> when you said the hot chicken betty, I knew this was a gallbladder Here story. Here comes. I, yes. I just want to thank my parents for let, for having me uh, have me and have the attitude of this. I want to thank God for letting me remember that John talks about gallbladder. I don't want to thank the Academy for recognizing me in this moment. Okay. Thank you. Sorry, I did my second speech. Well, on with my story. Uh, our, yeah, never forget. Ain't, ain't going to stop him, Charlie. Ain't going to stop him. <laughs> Screw it, I was I'm hoping done. it wouldn't. I just wanted to cut in and say gallbladder before he did. No, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> no, talk about how this chicken sandwich changed your life. <laughs> it didn't change my life. It just talk about how it changed your bathroom. It just experience. decreased our toilet paper supply. Is all it did. Cut your life savings. I can't. I can't eat anymore. And so I got like I got like forty four of these things left. Well, that's what you get will, for being sponsored by GFS. <laughs> I will give you a quarter a piece for them. Uh, you can come over and get them. I mean, uh, I'll, I, I'll let you have some. I'll of them. have you. I'll, what I'll have you do is put them on Margot's back and then lead her and like send her to the house, <laughs> like a like a like, like a, like a, a rescue dog. Yeah, like yeah. Da, like Dawn of the Dead with the uh, the remake where they send the one across <laughs> to the to the guy in the gun shop. She would get as far as the first bumblebee and she'd be gone. She wouldn't even remember <laughs> what she's doing at that point. We did find out this week, though, she loves water, though. I mean, we sprayed her down with the hose. I mean, literally, I've never seen the dog want to be in water as bad as this dog wants to be in water. <laughs> we discovered that our living creature enjoys water. Well, not we give her water Since to... Before this point, we'd only given her coffee. <laughs> No, that's not what I'm saying. I, I mean to play in it. We, she drinks. I'm I'm out. I'm so done. Aaron, do you have a newfound snack? I know you make depression era food as it is. Have you have you made something new? Uh, not really. My problem lately is I keep forgetting to eat meals. And I'm like all weak and about to collapse. And what's wrong with me? I don't know. It's he's, bad. He's conserving for when they shut everything down. Yeah. John's dog's not getting water. Aaron's not eating. It's it's an upside down world we live in. All right, Charlie, any uh, newfound snacks for you? Yes. Um. In the in the inability to find the food that I normally eat in this time of crisis, I found a new food that I thoroughly enjoy. It is the Purnell's Hofolk, um turkey sausage, low fat. It tastes like pork sausage. Except 
with turkey instead, so it doesn't taste like it at all. But it's the same spices, <laughs> and it's awesome. And it's only it's 16 grams of protein and 5 grams of carb per two patties. Oh. So that makes breakfast so much better. <clears throat> well, there you go. I'm glad you're enjoying your turkey sausage. I'm glad Aaron is I am. Aaron's just about to pass out on camera. <laughs> and uh, John, I, and I, John I've got, and his dog drinks water. I've got, hey, John, hey, Tim, I've got the Humane Society coming to the house. Yeah. Move in to the screen like where only half your face is showing. <laughs> like that? Okay. Other yeah, way. So now that I'm not, no, it's perfect. Oh. Now that it's like this, there's only two faces on my screen. It's me and you as one face and Tim and Aaron as one face. They were together the whole time and it was tripping me out, man. <laughs> no, John, you move back to where you were. Oh. Let's think. Aaron, are you using a cell phone or a computer? Yeah. Cell phone. Well, it must be stationary because you and John both have been half facing the whole time. For me, <laughs> for me, it's, it's, for me as well. It's, really, it's been this. It's been this the whole time with you guys. Just everything <laughs> is just this, and it's just been like hard to. Yeah, there we go. Hey, well, I'm, I'm using my iPad, so it's just it's just right. stationary. It's just sitting there. Uh, listeners, we are learning as we're going. <laughs> we are middle aged men with no. Uh, well, nobody no nobody has a life right now. I mean, come on, we're we're Louisville's. I mean, you know, we're we're stuck in a city where everything is shut down unless you unless you want to go out and drag race. Apparently, if you want to drag race, you need to tell Brent get on that. I want, I want uh, the, the drag racing isn't part of what they uh, are worried about now. Oh, that's that's free. You can drag race all you want now. Oh, hey, let's go do it. It's just. It's not the drag racing; it's the congregation. It's the people together. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, then you get on that. You, get you just on that. can't. You just can't have some Dixie Highway beauty come out in the middle of the street <laughs> and wave a flag for you guys to race because that'll that'll bring a crowd. You just gotta find your buddy. John, John, I have an idea. Yeah, I have an idea. Since you're the musical master, me and Aaron and Tim will learn. It will learn how to play instruments poorly, and you can play well, and we'll do like our. Uh, Southern culture on the skids type band <laughs> called the Dixie Highway Beauties. Well, we oh. could do we could do one of those videos like they're doing in Italy, where they're out on the out on the um, deck of their <laughs> of their apartment playing the piano. We could do that. I could do that, but my neighbors would be like, "Would you shut the up?" Whatever, John. They'd all be like, "This is this is beautiful." No, and you'd be like a YouTube sensation. Oh yes, but, with the with the five songs on piano that I know. That's <laughs> a Dixie Highway piano man. <laughs> Riding around the back of the truck, right there past the Bonnie and Clyde's, just playing. With your dad, with your dad singing Southern gospel music. I just quit. I'd be like, "No, nah, Dad, there's no Goat City on this tour. Sorry, no Goat City." Um, well, as you can tell, uh, the quarantine, the virus, has really changed our lives uh, and, and most everybody's lives, except for Charlie. Business nope. as usual. Uh, just but, can't go to the gym. That's the only thing. Can't go to the gym. So instead of gym tan laundry, it's <laughs> Turkey sausage, tan laundry. Not no tanning. Like it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, garage sleep laundry. There you go. There you go. So we thought we'd just take a few minutes and talk about when we finally get on the other side of this pandemic. What do we think in, in our culture, in media, uh, movies, etc.? Like, what do we think is going to be permanently changed? as a result of, uh, of the pandemic, uh, of this quarantine. So the, I was going to lead off. I know Charlie was going to kind of play off this a little bit, but I think movies and movie theaters are definitely going to be changed. Um, 
I think that uh, they're they're finding out that there's no need for the theater as much as they can release it directly to a streaming service. They can make it available for rent now. And uh, I, I don't, I haven't looked at the numbers or the cells, but like every, like I have talked to a few neighbors at a safe distance, Aaron, and they've all talked about how they're going <laughs> to be rent, renting some of these newer stuff and saying that it's actually cheaper than them taking their two or three kids to see a movie. So uh, I do wonder if we're going to see a, a definite movement uh, in seeing movie theaters start to uh, become a thing of the past. I know, Charlie, you had some words or thoughts about that. Yeah, I think that um, that I mean, twenty bucks is what it take is the price to rent one of these movies that are in the theater. And I've said for years that I think eventually we'll go to that option that people will be able to rent them in their home. Now, yes, if you have like for for you guys, you all, you know, especially Aaron and for Brian, you guys, that's a deal for you all. That's with your four, three or four members of a family or five, like it is a Brian's case. It's it's a deal. But for me alone to rent a film, twenty bucks to watch a movie, that's what stopped me. I really, really want to see the movie The Hunt. However, I don't want to pay twenty bucks to watch it alone. Um and it's in fact it was one of those things where I could buy it for twenty, I would definitely buy it for twenty. But to rent it for twenty doesn't make any sense to me. However, I can see maybe what's the troll win, that's the big win right now. Or the what's the other win? The um I think on, Onward was on last week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's things that are family films. That makes perfect sense to do. You can make a movie night of it. But for me personally, until the price gets cheaper, it's not worth it. Um, so what about, what about, so like with Onward, it was available to rent for two weeks. And then I think on April 3rd, it actually just moved straight to Disney Plus and went straight to a streaming site. Do you think we'll see that more? Charlie, where like they'll just abandon theaters altogether and and send it straight to a streaming service. I don't think that'll happen immediately because I think the theaters will get a boom once quarantine is over. Yeah, I, I think once they're able 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 to open again, people are going to go back to that sense of normalcy and do things that they weren't able to do for however long this lasts. And a big one is the movie theater. I think that going to see those films will be like a kind of a point of pride for people. Like I can go do this again. I think we'll see a lot more people going to see movies, not just the big blockbusters, but just movies in general. However, I think that certain members of the population like families and people that are more concerned about maybe catching something like this again, I think it'll be big for them to just stay home and watch it as opposed to going to the movie and having to not only buy tickets, but popcorn and drinks and all that stuff. You can make a big meal at home and watch the movie. So I think for certain segments of the population, especially I think single people or couples with no children going to the movies, it will be a big thing. But for families, I don't think it'll be as big anymore. And I think eventually it'll, it'll die out personally. I think that people are going to spend, I could be wrong, but I think people are going to spend more times with their friends in their houses or going out to dinner and bars than they are in movies because you can't have as much interaction in a film as you can somewhere else. I think that you may see smaller theaters uh, and them changing the seating around. It's more, it's more like seeing a table or a booth so you're not all crammed together in a row. You know, so a lot of this is going to depend on you know, if they find a cure for corona or whatever. You know, if this is still a threat a year from now, 
then yeah, it all it'll all change. So, yeah, John, do you have any thoughts on that? I was uh, me and Carl were kind of discussing this a little bit earlier uh, when it was being kicked around. And I told her that I think that if this is prolonged for any length of time, and let's say that movie theaters or movie creators, uh, studios, whatever it is, whether it's D- Disney, let's we'll just use Disney and Marvel as our two big and Lucasfilm as our as our kind of our starting point here. Is I told her I said if this lasts for very much longer, and people do get to the point to where movie theaters are not getting filled up. I think the age of the hundred million, two hundred million dollar blockbusters is over. They the these companies will not be able to support that through streaming services. Um, we're talking about the idea of like now uh, up or onward uh, being out on the Disney app. Well, and, and, I mean that's great, and like, and I have, and I'm I'm not slamming anything about it. It's said about it, and and it, for families that is incredible. But if you can pack. Um, let's say you have a family of four or a family of five and you're going to have movie night. Okay. You spend your 20 bucks on that. And while that's economically sound for a family of five, that's not economically sound for Disney because you can't put out a hundred million, $200 million Marvel movie and expect to get your money back on a streaming service, even at $20 a pop because, because the beauty or the, um, the beauty for them in the movie theater is is everybody's paying twelve to fifteen dollars, not just one guy who gets pizza from uh, Papa John's, brings in all five him, his wife, and three kids watch that movie for twenty bucks. I mean that's that's less than five dollars a person. It's like four dollars a we're right right at that you know four to five dollars a person as opposed yeah. to the fifteen to twenty dollars he's going to spend. So I think that. Theaters to sur- or studios, especially to survive in this new reality, if the new reality sticks, let's say this gets over and we live in a we live in an America where people are so traumatized by this that they don't want to be congregating. I mean, I'm, I'm going to take the opposite approach to what Charlie said there. He said people want to go, and, and I hope they do, but let's say they don't. Uh, and so, what's going to have to happen? Okay, the, these Marvel movies are making for two hundred million dollars. They're going to have to go out the window. They're going to have to go back to Apple Dumpling Gang and making stuff like Remember the Titans and things like that just to simply survive. So I think unless there is an absolute dead stop to this thing and we get to go back to what it was on um, March 12th, then it's going to be really hard for them to make these giant blockbuster movies anymore. I can see that. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens. So... What's another area, Aaron? I know you you had kind of talked about something you wanted to bring up. Uh, sure, uh, I was going to talk about the comic book market. Uh, the comic books right now they have stopped production on everything. Their distributor has shut down. The one that that uh, sends the comic books to the comic book store from Marvel and DC and other companies has, has shut down. So there's no way to get the comic books to the comic book stores right now. Uh, so right now, uh, Marvel just announced that they are going to cut a third of their line a third of their titles is going to be cut they're just going to have two-thirds of their titles but who knows when they're going to come out um so i think i think a lot of comic stores are going to go out of business and i think the distribution model is going to change uh dc was already messing around with releasing comic books into walmart they would deal with them they have exclusive comic books that only come out uh, at walmart superman batman um so I think you'll see more of that. 
they may copy more of the manga, which is what what I would like to see them do is copy the manga model where they release things digitally, you know, and then they collect them in a book and sell those in stores and sell those everywhere. So I, I think that's kind of where they should head to, head to. But it's a big change because people have been reading comic books like this for, you know, forever. Yeah, well. So, so Charlie, what what are your thoughts on that? Because I know you, you had mentioned that you feel like people are reading physical uh, books and, you know, magazines more now that they're, they're quarantined in the home. I think that it's going to turn into kind of a, a late 80s, early 90s super indie movement. I think that when the major companies kind of drop out, you're going to have guys that are going to make digital and print copies available of their independent line. Um, I don't know how much you guys know about Robert Kirkman before he uh, did The Walking Dead, but he had a very successful independent comic book series. Um, it's nothing like Walking Dead. It's actually hilarious. It's called Battle Pope where the plot is the Pope of the Catholic Church is not the most holy, but the most uh, bad A. Like, he can actually <laughs> fights demons and drinks and smokes and stuff. Um, so Battle Pope's awesome. I think that we're going to get back into that, like, so the late 80s, early 90s, even up until the mid-90s. Super underground independent comics became very popular and very wanted because the creators were great. Unfortunately, what happened, well, fortunately or unfortunately, the creators kept getting poached by the major studios. You had you had people like Garth Ennis and Robert Kirkman and uh, Miles Millar and people like that that, or sorry, Mark Millar, who got who did indie stuff in Britain and in, in America, and they got you know offered lots of money from the from the major labels. And I think we're going to see people who've created comics for years and years and years that we never heard about because Diamond went and pushed them and we're going to start getting that underground swell of indie comics again. I could be wrong, but I think that will happen. I think it will be mainly digital, uh, but I think you're going to see people actually buying copies and giving them to their friends. Like, Oh my gosh, you got to read this comic. There's be, and also Kickstarter. I think I'll be very big for these guys. They'll start pushing their content Kickstarter wise and then offer the digital and the print version. You know, I've got a friend who just wrote a book. Uh, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. I hope too soon. I'm waiting for the print to come out, not just the digital, but, you know, the fact that at this time he was able to put something out just shows that I think in underground media will start to become very more popular. That's just my opinion. Though. Well, I think if you're getting into that, since we're talking about, I mean, just not to take it away necessarily from comic books, but Carla was talking today and she was talking about the, she said that some of her podcasters are talking about the, 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 Podcasts, the podcast landscape is changing because sponsorships are starting to dry up some. And these major uh-huh. podcasts are not going to be able to continue to do what they're doing the way they're doing it because the money's not going to be flowing in. So there again, you have the idea of, well, there may be the possibility of some independent podcasters who aren't, uh, <laughs> wink, wink, nod, nod, who aren't part of any type of um under any type of contracts with any type of uh, support might be able to take off a little bit. And that's, that's what she was, that was something that was of interesting today since we're talking about, you know, independent comic books and stuff. Comic book thing though, is I can, I can see it going digital. I don't, I don't see why they're not doing that more often. I mean, cause like me, I, I'm a, I subscribe to Marvel unlimited 
And at first when I took it out, I was like, I ain't going to read this. I read it all the time. There's always something else to read on there. I've read the entire Star Wars series they have on there. I've even gotten into things that I didn't even think I would ever like. Like uh, I read uh, some of the, the 2012 through 2016 releases of like Moon Knight, which is a character I would have never thought about liking, but I loved it. I mean, the series was it was a good series, what I read. So the digital comic is is something that I can get into. I mean, I, I'm, I, I read more digital comics than I ever have in my life. Uh, one in my hand. That's what I told Carl. I said, when I was a kid, I mean, I like co- superheroes. I like the idea of comics, but I didn't have a whole lot of them unless it was G.I. Joe or Transformers. And here I am in my mid-40s, and with incredible amounts of time on my hands, I mean, I've, I've read so many comic books in the last couple months. It's just been amazing how that digital medium has opened that door for me to do something that I never would have done before. Uh. I guess where else do you think there would be change besides that? Do you think like other forms of media, like with just books in general or news or, I mean, maybe not even that, but maybe like just shopping and going out in general. Anybody else have any thoughts? I think books and things like that have already pretty much made the transition to digital. And I mean, way before this happened, I mean, they, I mean, you have your Kindle and you have your Google and all those other places that already have books on digital. I, I, I haven't in the last probably five years i've probably bought three books physical books just for the sake because i was in a bookstore we're like in books a million or something they had something on clearance i thought oh that's pretty cool so i'll pick it up for the most part though if i'm going to read like a novel or something along those lines which i read a lot of them is i bought buy it digitally already so kindle is once again that's not an area i don't think books are going to be really affected that much by it as far as like because books are I don't know. It's a medium that's been around for so long that either people are definitely going to go because, like Susie, even in the last few weeks, uh, package wound up on the doorstep. I think it was two days ago. Picked it up, had her name on it from Books a Million. She'd ordered like four books, you know, a big box of them. You know, she brought them in, no problem. Now the idea of having like a brick and mortar bookstores may go out the window, depending on what people's ideas and the trauma they have from the social distancing thing. Once it all goes away, we don't know exactly how people are going to react to that. Or are, they, are people going to want to go into those places again and, and socialize as bookstores have always kind of built themselves around? Or are people going to just distance themselves from those type of things and say, hey, you know, I ain't going in books a million anymore, especially when I can order it off Amazon for, I don't know, 25% cheaper anyway. So yeah. that's that remains to be seen. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how it's all going to play out and, and how people react coming out of this. So one that I wanted to mention was uh, was Disney. Um, if you think about Disney has lost virtually all their revenue right now. They've lost their ESPN ad sales. They've lost cruise ship sales. They've lost hotels, theme parks, movie attendance. You know, and people think, oh, it's Disney. They're they're so big, they'll survive. They bought Fox last year for like seventy billion dollars <laughs> yeah. and borrowed most of that money. And then when you have movies that underperform, like the last Star Wars movie and stuff, they're hurting and they're hurting bad. And uh, you know, the crazy thought passed, you know, went through my head: Does Disney declare bankruptcy through all this? And you know, that was unheard of three months ago. But now you're kind of like, well, you know, maybe I. I could see the government bail Disney out, and I could see them like maybe sell off some pieces, like you know National Geographic or something. So, you know, some of their smaller pieces, just selling those off to try to survive. You know. Well, I mean, um, it's, 
They should sell National Geographic to Joe Exotic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How is this going to affect the Tiger King documentary on Netflix? That should be our big question here today. <clears throat> well, let, let's all keep Joe Exotic in our thoughts and prayers because he does have Corona in prison. Oh, does he? Oh, does he? Oh, wow. Yes. He, yeah. He, yeah, he really has. And <clears throat> I'm, honestly, I'm, I'm not joking when I say I bet Carol Baskins did it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that name too loud, man. You know a show's a big hit when uh, Rush Limbaugh is talking about it on his show every day. Yeah. He was talking about Tiger King today on there when I was listening to it. Yeah, well, I, I will say this: if I had known Rush liked it before I watched it, I wouldn't watch it. Oh, he hates it. No, no, you're 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 you're, you're safe. He hates it. That's okay, just, okay. Don't want to. Don't want to. Don't so, want to. So wanna... think about a uh, uh, theme parks. You know, because I think when we went to Disney, you're just packed in there like sardines. Oh gosh, I don't even think about that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know? I think that. Uh, I think that. Kind of when I said it about the movies, I think there's going to be certain people, such as like groups of friends and uh, couples without children, uh, and also older couples that have no fear are going to go do these things. But the major, I think the, the demographic of theme parks are going to change from families with children to young adults. I think that's what's going to happen, honestly. Well, I mean, like for me personally, it doesn't really affect my uh, opinion on, on <coughs> Disney parks at all because last year Carla and Susie were like, oh, we're going to Disney this year. And I was like, have fun. And they jumped the flight, went down there for a week and, I don't know, seven days or whatever it was and, and – and I stayed home. I was like, I'm not going in the place. I don't like it. I don't like going to the theme parks. I, I just, it's gross to me. I'm a, I'm a germaphobe anyway. So I am like totally freaking out right now during this whole quarantine thing. I've used so much soap on my hands. It's more than I don't even, still have hands. But just the idea of going to that place on a good day and and being crushed up against some sweaty person while you're trying to watch some some fireworks was just never appealing to me to begin with. And now when you have the possibility of the person standing next to you may be, uh, may be contaminated with some ultra ultra uh, virus that that is really really easy to catch. Uh-uh. I don't care. I don't care what they have. I mean, if we're down like one percent of the population. I'm probably going to get it if I go to one of them places. So I'm I'm staying out of them. I'm not, I'm not going back to any of those places. I'm just going to dig a hole under my basement and just live in it for the rest of my life. And see, I'm the opposite of you, John. Whereas thing something like this, it makes me want to do it more. Like I I have wanted to go to Disney, but it's not been like oh I have to. I'm definitely going to go. I've wanted to go and I've made plans to go, but I've always backed out because I always thought that I'd have more time. And now it's like maybe I won't. And I don't mean that in a, in a morbid kind of way i kind of what aaron's saying what if these things don't survive i think they'll do their best to open up and to try to make it and i think that they're going to see that a lot of people aren't going after the first or second week and that's when i'll get like a 20 dollar flight to la to go to disney you know well another thing you gotta um, take into account go ahead i'm sorry no i just i, I was that's what i'll say is that for some people <clears throat> in the population they're going to say absolutely not like you and some people in the population are going to say I might as well do it now before I don't have an opportunity to. Well, and another thing you have to take into account on all this type of stuff is, and some we haven't talked about, a variable is the economic variable. I mean, even mm-hmm. if these places do survive, I mean, okay, how many millions of people right now are on the on the welfare roll? You know, no fault of their own. It's it, nobody. Nobody for a while is going to have the the money, going to have that expendable income to go to these places and spend five thousand dollars on a week. 
it just isn't going to happen. Disney going to have to if you for like for us to go. Susie was trying to figure up something the other day about going, and the the the. The, what she wanted to do was going to cost upwards of like five thousand dollars to do. Okay, that's 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 a lot of money on a when you're having a very up year when it, when you're living in the when you're living in plenty. I mean that's that's a lot of money. So right now you got people. Uh, right now, as far as I, I mean, my, me and my family are. I mean, we're 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 fortunate. Carla's in an essential. Uh, industry, so she's still working full time. I'm a teacher, so I'm I've got mine at least until the end of May. But <clears throat> right now, any expendable income that we have is is it's it's going back. It's not going to be spent on anything right now because you never know what's going to happen after the month of May. So in this case, even if they do get to reopen, uh, what is that landscape going to look like? When twenty five percent or thirty percent of that population that would have been going to these places can't go because the money simply isn't there to go, and maybe it's not a matter of want, maybe it's a matter of can't, and I think that goes for anything that we're talking about this evening. I mean, movie theaters or expendable income on whatever it is, you got to have that before you can spend it, and if you don't have it, it's not there. So they're going to have to really, really work out something with their pricing to draw people back in. So I think you're going to see some really deep cut stuff here. I mean, you're going to see some deep, deep cut uh, bonuses and whatever else that they can think of to get people back through the gates. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how all this shakes out, you know, theme parks, movies, digital media, books, everything, you know, and just, just, you know, normal stores like mom and pop stores, how many are going to make it? uh, and, And how is it going to shape what people want to take risks doing. It's definitely an interesting time and uh, we, we all hope for the best and all hope it works out, but uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be uh, something to keep our eyes on for the next few weeks. But I know through it all guys, uh, I'll have your smiling faces to look at yes. every, every few weeks. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and if anything, you know, push comes to shove, I'm sure Brian can build us all a house or something. He can, he definitely can. Live on. Yeah. So uh, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, I know it wasn't uh, as, as lighthearted as normal, but just something that's actually going on that we felt like we wanted to to speak on. But uh, as always, please catch our podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Google Play, um, SoundCloud, the Anchor app, just you know wherever you find your podcast. Check us out. Uh, and uh, as always, uh, sorry, Brent. Aaron. Guys, I think we can pull our money together and buy Disney next year. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. I think we will. <laughs> All right. Look at the clown behind this. Four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running.